Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back, Eric. Today is helping out MSU Denver with the Athletic Department fundraising auction. So I'm sitting here today with Justin Adams of Channel 4, News 4. And, you know, the last time we were on together, it was like, it was May 20th and it was snowing. Yes. And you were going to have to go in an anchor for three days because <laughs> no. you were the only one living close enough to the studio to be able to get there. Dude, let me tell you, we, I anchored for four hours. So shout out to uh, Bakelia White, was able to anchor with her. And um, anchoring is fun. Don't get me wrong. Anchoring for four hours is also fun. <laughs> Not too much fun on the bladder, but it's very much fun when you, uh, when you are anchoring. It's, it's, it's a great time to be able to do that. You didn't have to be the guy to go stand at Spear Boulevard and I-25 oh in front of the snow coming down behind you. No, though. but get it this week. So June 1st, a couple of days ago, I'm in the mountains and it's snowing. I'm like, what is going? And I'm not like talking about, oh, you know, you're at Crested Butte, you're at Steamboat Springs. I'm in Golden, right? And it's snowing, and I'm like, what in the world is going on here? Well, welcome to Colorado, right? <laughs> you're a Colorado. You I am a Colorado. Yeah, man. It's, it's so weird. You, you, you never get used to uh, the craziness of weather around here, but it is what it is, man. It happens all the time. I hate that phrase. That's a hockey <laughs> phrase. That's it a Todd Bertuzziism. Oh God, I know. Don't do that. Oh, it's man. time for the time now for the buzz. The buzz is presented by Eric Cook at Farmers Insurance, the Cook Insurance Group, focused on people, not policies. Call today at 303-790-8089. That's 303-790-8089. We have on the phone Ryan Blackburn, the new Mile High Sports Nuggets writer. He attended Josh Cronkey's news conference today and he's going to enlighten us about what happened first first though ryan could you give us your give us your briefly briefly give us your background and how you came to be here writing now for my life sports oh yeah i uh i wrote for denver stiffs for about six years i took over for adam Morris as the site manager back in 2019 and are you as tall as adam uh, oh oh no i i stare up at adam he uh <laughs> he, he powers over everything uh, around the Mile High City, but I, I look up to him uh, both metaphorically and physically. He's he's been a very big part of my growth as a writer and a and a leader over there at Denver Stiffs. But uh, uh, between 2019 and 2021, I, I I became familiar with Nate Lundy and what he was doing at Mile High Sports. He and I worked together on the the Pickaxe and Roll podcast that's been on the show for a while. And between our relationship then and then kind of my my writing skills over uh, Denver Stiffs, we decided to come together and just make me the Nuggets analyst over at Mile High. Well, welcome aboard. So you attended Thank Josh Cronkey's news conference today. Tell us about it. What happened? Yeah, it was it was an interesting one. It, it ran about 40 minutes, and it, it's been delayed, I think, for, for about a week here or so uh, due to food poisoning, apparently. The, the Nuggets had a – they had – a, or the Avs had their playoff game that moved it all around. But uh, Josh Kroenke, was, he was open. He was honest. He was doing his best to answer as many of the questions as he possibly could without getting too much on the defensive. Though I do think uh, Nuggets media was, was very, not aggressive, but, but 
trying to get their money's worth because Josh Kroenke rarely speaks and then Silent Stan never never really speaks at all into in Nuggets media and everything. So it was very interesting to hear from Josh and thought he had some, some very enlightening things to say. Let's be honest. We all wanted to hear a couple of things, one being of which is why uh, we have to find alternate routes in order to find uh, Avalanche games or Nuggets games or, just to be very honest, we have to uh, find different websites in order to find those games. We uh, have to cheat. We have to be pirates. <laughs> pretty much. Uh, what did he say about this uh, today? When he, he talked about just how the fans um, are not being able to watch the game unless if you have DirecTV. Yeah, he was. He, he shared that he was uh, upset and angry over the situation and said that he couldn't really get into a whole bunch of specifics because of the current litif- litigation that's going on between Altitude and Comcast, but that he does share with uh, the concerns of Nuggets fans and Avalanche fans that uh, this has been a really tough thing for them. And they haven't signed a deal with Comcast because it would have put them at an already disadvantageous position so uh, more so than they already are with Comcast. So take that for what you will. Um, I think uh, they don't want to sign a bad deal that locks them into a bad situation. And, and Nuggets fans, Avalanche fans, kind of stuck in the middle of that. Take what you can get from Comcast and get the games back on. It's that simple. It, with all the money involved in the, in this, in the Cronky family and Umbrella, they can afford to have a loss leader. That's, that's my opinion, but... What did he say about Tim Conley's exit? It sounded like he got a little bit of, even a little bit angry about that. Well, he's definitely a little bit angry. Uh, it, it definitely seems like he, he's upset with the Minnesota Timberwolves and uh, didn't necessarily voice that entirely, but uh, that he was upset with the way that things had gone, that, that the Timberwolves kind of swooped in out of nowhere. Uh, he had initially written a five-year contract for Tim Connolly back in 2019 that included a three-year opt-out period. I don't think he ever really fully believed that Tim Connolly would leave. I think they, that opt-out was really to, to kind of give him a, a little bit of a raise. Uh, but when the T-Wolves came in and swooped in with their offer, that included equity or what he perceived to be equity, what was discussed as equity, uh, the Cronkies were, were not willing to match that deal. And as a result, uh, Tim is now with the Minnesota Timberwolves, and the Nuggets are once again promoting. Ryan, can you break down equity just a little bit more, uh, just on that side? Obviously, uh, one of the things that I was reading was that, you know, uh, pretty much we're not um, a startup is one of the things that I, I, I was hearing that was being said. Um, my thing is this, is that if this is a guy that you wanted for the long term, you could have a five-year deal on the table, but why didn't you just pay him more, or why didn't you just keep him around, especially when Washington wanted him in 2019? Yeah, it's tough. Uh, I, I assume that he should have known that this was coming. Uh, but the, the business model for the Denver Nuggets is that they're going to pay a certain amount for their executives. And this kind of goes into the avalanche. It goes into the Rams and Arsenal and every, every uh, franchise that is tied in with this team, that they do not necessarily want to go above and beyond on the equity standpoint, because once you offer Tim Connolly equity in a conversation like this, then maybe Sean McVay starts looking for equity when he's uh, reworking a new deal with the Rams or Joe Sackick tries to rework a deal with the avalanche. And so they didn't want to open up that can of worms, and, and it sort of put them at a massive disadvantage on the, on the negotiating front. And they could never, 
ever come close to what the T-Wolves were offering, despite the fact that it wasn't true equity. It was just apparently tied to the franchise's valuation. It's a, it's a bonus that he will eventually get. Uh, I don't know why the Nuggets couldn't have offered the same, but this is just what I've been told. In the Avalanche's case, the issue is a new practice rate, but we'll, we'll leave that for another day. What did they say about Jokic's contract? Well, he said that that's priority number one, that on the, the first week of July, that they will be flying to Serbia to hand-deliver that contract to him, which uh, they're going to offer him, I, I assume it's a five-year, $260 million Supermax extension, which is awesome. It's, it's something that Nikola Jokic clearly deserves, two-time MVP, and clearly the, the backbone of what's going on in Denver right now. Uh, so I'm not surprised that, that he stated that initially, and that seems like that's a, that is an open-and-shut case from his perspective. Ryan, also what's going to happen with the rest of this roster? We know about Calvin Booth. We don't know much about what he, uh, what he, was, what he is as a general manager. We're going to find that out right now, especially now that Tim Connolly is with the uh, Minnesota uh, Timberwolves. But what type of moves do you foresee the Nuggets making now, going to the draft, going to a free agency? I mean, Will Barton, obviously that's one of the players that's always being talked about, being traded or whatnot. But what do you, how do you foresee this team looking when the season starts in November? Well, Josh, I think, opened up on this uh, pretty well. He said that we're, and quote, we are entering a different phase of the organization and this squad in particular, which is it's championship or bust. First time those words have been used. First time the Nuggets have treated things like that. And they know that they have a very talented team with Jokic and Murray and Porter coming back. They signed Aaron Gordon to an extension. They just drafted Bones Highland and believe in him. It's on the edges, right? It's on, it's on trying to find the right mix of pieces around the main talent and trying to build the right team, build the right contender. And whether that means a trade of Will Barton or Monte Morris or Jeff Green, Jermichael Green, somebody like that, uh, I do think that the Nuggets are going to be aggressive. That is the word that has been thrown around when discussing Calvin Booth, that he is willing to do some of the things with his relationships, uh, his maybe not, not lack of relationships, but he's kind of newer to this and newer to the Nuggets organization than maybe Tim Connolly is. The hope with Calvin is that he could take a fresh set of eyes, look at what's going on with this Nuggets team, and make some very tangible decisions. The Avalanche are in the Western Conference Finals, and comparing that to the Nuggets is, is rather stark at times. Did somebody really ask if they were treating the uh, Nuggets as the redheaded stepchild? <laughs> Uh, no, well, I, I don't. I don't think that 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 popped up. If uh, I must have missed that part of the the presser, but I, I, w- I would push back on that a little bit. I, I think that Denver they got caught with some bad injuries. Yeah, and and any anybody that has watched this team knows that they're a top five talented team in the league. That they got caught with a really bad match against Golden State, who's now in the finals right now. Last year they got caught with a bad match against the Phoenix Suns, who were in the finals then. And they, even before that, in the bubble, they lost to the ultimate NBA champion Los Angeles Lakers. So this Nuggets team, they've gotten a little bit unlucky in terms of the draws. But when you have a healthy roster, when you have a fully healthy group and, and maybe make some decisions on the margin, they're, they're definitely positioned well to compete next year. MPJ's max contract, that's my comeback. Well, I think that he's going to be fine. And, and they have been very cautious with him. I do think that if he could have come, like he, he could have come back last year, 
there's no doubt that he was on track to coming back last year and being fine, being healthy. Uh, he had a minor setback, and they just decided to shut him down because he's a, on a five-year max contract, and they, they know how big it is. They know what they, what they need to do in order to keep him healthy, and, and it's a long-term plan with him. It's not just a, hey, we have, to, we have to throw everything at the kitchen sink last year because it was a question whether Jamal Murray was coming back, and as it turns out, he wasn't really close. So I, I'm not surprised that they, they've handled him the way that he has been handled, but I do think that they're going to have to come up with an alternate solution to having uh, Michael Porter Jr. on the court for 36 minutes a night at the playoffs. All right, Ryan, before we let you go, got to get your predictions. We saw game one in the NBA Finals. I was shocked because, I'll be very honest, I was watching the Avs play, turned it over, and I was like, wait a minute, Warriors are up by 14. I could go to bed. And then I turned it back six minutes later, and I'm like, wait, the Celtics are in the lead? What the heck is going on? Uh, prediction, my young man. What happens to, uh, What happens on Sunday in Game 2, and then who wins the NBA Finals? Yeah, it's, uh, this is a really, really interesting matchup between two teams that are, that are fairly similar, actually, but uh, have, have very stark differences in their star players. Uh, Steph Curry was awesome in Game 1, and, and the Celtics still won. And I, I do think that the, the Warriors are probably going to take game two. That's just how these things generally work, that if you, if you take both games on the road, that is a, a very interesting sign and not something that I think is going to happen. I think that the Celtics are probably going to win the title now. I initially picked the Warriors in seven. I would now split that to Celtics in six, Celtics in seven. I think what they showed in that first game was such heavy resilience that it, it's just it's not something that you usually see from a team like that. A team as young as that. So credit to them and all that credit is due. They're a fantastic and very versatile team. Ryan, thanks for your time. Uh, by the way, and welcome aboard. If you want to remain on Nate's good side, remember wear orange and black and, <laughs> and praise everything about the Oregon State Beavers and say that the, the Oregon Ducks are the Antichrist. <laughs> I love it. We'll do. We'll uh, we'll see if we could get in some digs on them too. Let's hey, go. I've always wanted to say this. We're running late. We need to take a break. <laughs> so when we come back, we'll do the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Gambling Challenge. Back after this. 